We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The hits keep coming. Oh, what a judgy and blast. The home of Yankees baseball is WFAN. Way up in the bleachers. The fan on 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Cash men rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. I was just laughing with Marco. I'm like, why did you say that? He said, Garrett Cole has given up 31 home runs, so I rushed to my MacBook. I go to MLB.com, stats, pitching, home runs allowed. And I'm like, is he leading the league in strikeouts and home runs given up? He's not. What a Jekyll and Hyde type of guy, like to have that many strikeouts and strikeouts and that many home runs. It's Josiah Gray is leading the league with 37 home runs given up. Garrett Cole is number two. And uh, Josiah Gray plays for the last place Washington Nationals. I don't know what his contract is. Garrett Cole pitches for your first place New York Yankees, making $324 million over nine years. How do we end up here? No. <laughs> it's not that bad. But, like, man, Marco just said it walking out. He's like, you do the math. What is he gives up a homer each game. I'm like, dude. Like, what? I don't know. How many starts has he made? That's why I said I don't want to get into the numbers with Garrett Cole because it makes it worse. The eye test is bad. It makes it worse. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough because... There was so much, you know, the night, I'll never forget the night. I went to sleep that night. I think it was like December 19th or 20th before the pandemic hit. And uh, I woke up to the news that we got Garrett Cole. That's all Yankee fans were saying. We got Garrett Cole. We got Garrett Cole. We got Garrett Cole. And I think a lot of the hype around getting Garrett Cole was the fact that everybody called Hal cheap. So they didn't believe that Rich Hal and the Rich Yankees would actually ante up to go get a guy that they wanted. When we knew all along, that's exactly what they had the power to do. It was just a matter of them using that power. And they went and got a guy that, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't want to say he's the wrong guy. I don't want to say if he's, he's not the guy, but I, I feel like they were sold a fake bill of goods. We all were. That Astros Garrett Cole that we saw, that was, uh, I don't know, they, they cheat in Houston. That was a different guy. We know about the spider tag, but there might have been some other stuff. He's a different guy now. He wasn't giving up this many home runs in 2019. I, I don't want to do a deep dive in the, into the numbers. I know some of these baseball nerds know, but then they also have numbers that convince them that he's, you know, a really good pitcher, that he is an ace. He was not giving up that many home runs, right? Let's see. No, he was. 2019, he gave up 30, uh, 29 home runs. So he's right there. He's already passed that. But that was a better year for him. He was 20-5. and five. He had a 2.5 ERA. He's got almost a 3.5 ERA now. He's been a different guy. Uh, the strikeouts are still there. The strikeouts are always going to be there. He's, he's a strikeout pitcher. But um, you need him. You just need him to hold it down with the runs. And yes, I know some of them are in Yankee Stadium. But hey, folks, this is the game one guy. No matter what, Saquon Barkley. No matter what, Garrett Cole. No matter what, game one. So just deal with it. It is what it is. In Long Branch, the green wave on the fan. What's up, Kevin? Uh, kind of lost my voice a bit. It's crazy at the stadium tonight. Yeah, a lot of yelling in there. Boston sucks. That's that's the main one I was getting into. Yeah, and there was like a crazy brawl in the bleachers. I know, I know. I got out of there. It happened in the eighth, um, and I yeah, I, was, I, I, I got like, out of there in the seventh. I I knew it was coming. I said I was going to speak on. it. I'm glad I'm speaking on it later after one. Uh, were you in two o three? 
I was in um, 105. Okay, so you were right underneath. What was happening yeah. in 203, somebody threw a beer can from the top of 203, and we all kind of turned around and looked. Like, yo, who threw that? And there's a lot of drunks, and there's a lot of idiots, and there's a lot of people looking for nonsense in the bleachers and just in the stadium. And one thing I want to say to everyone listening that goes to the stadium, police the stadium. There is security, but they can't get to everyone. You, the people that know how to act in Yankee Stadium, please, if you see somebody doing something stupid that could get somebody else hurt or in trouble or somebody banned or arrested, like, you know, just step in and, and kind of, you know, tell them knock it off. So somebody threw a beer can. That could have hit somebody. It was a full beer can. It didn't hit anybody. We turned around and we were like, yo, figure out who threw that. Security comes in, we can't figure out who threw that. But I had said, you, we're trying to keep some type of order. We're trying to maintain some type of order here in the bleachers because it's, it's not a free-for-all. I know people think it is because they see a bunch of people standing out there that it is, but it's not. And you let somebody throw a beer can at somebody, then someone else thinks it's okay to throw things. And next thing you know, we did see uh, a hoodie go flying from 203 into 105, like your section. And then another shirt was tossed. And people start to get uneasy. And uh, I got out of there after the 8th because I'm like, yo, people are throwing stuff. I can't. I, I'm not going to be in here if it starts popping off. And, of course, it did right after that. And I saw the videos and I talked to the gang. And uh, really what I'll say about this is there are the bleacher creatures. That's my gang. That's my crew that I'm part of that everyone knows. But, like, people can't identify all of them. There are those guys that are there every game, 81 games. They hold down the court. They make sure the section is good. They make sure people aren't using too much profanity. People aren't throwing things. Kids are out there. Young women are out there. They try to keep it cordial out there. But if you start popping off thinking that you can swing on somebody or get in somebody's face or talk down to somebody, you don't realize how many people are out there that have each other's back. So the section from the video I saw, I was like, oh, this is just a section protecting other people in the section against people that are just in the section drunk to see Aaron Judge hit 61. Um, yeah, be be careful with how you move in the stadium. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of all of that, but the guy with the cowbell was rocking it tonight. Milton, the cowbell man. Milton, is, I don't know if Milton might not be listening because it's late, but Milton usually calls Tiki and Tierney, and uh, I want to have him call in. We got, he, he wants to do Keith and the cowbell man. I would love to do that. Milton is great. Not only is he musically inclined with the I believe that we will win. Oh, like he he turns it up with that. And uh, whenever, you know, that cowbell gets going, I said to him, I I went back to Legends and sat down uh, to see the bottom of the eighth and to see the Yankees go up and take the lead. And then he gets the cowbell going and Bader starts running. They score. And I text him. I'm like, you you got it popping out there once I left. And he's like, yeah. And then next thing you know, uh, people start throwing hands out there and it starts to get crazy. So I guess I left at the right time either way. Well, the the main thing I wanted to talk about was Garrett Cole tonight. So, you know, the first inning, you know, he gives up the solo shot to Sam, whatever. But th- then I see him kind of like really taking his time with the bottom of the order. I'm like, what are you doing? This is the bottom of the order. There's only one person on. Yeah, you're scared. Then, you rattled. You're thinking too much. I think he thinks too much. Yeah, and then when the, you know he, the lineup turns over, he's just going right at him. Like, why don't you? What, right. Back you, the man he should be attacking yeah. them at all times. Uh, he should be thinking less. But I think he's such a baseball savant and a pitcher's pitcher. He is thinking. And even when you hear him in, a, in the post game, you know he's like, yeah, "We did some good things." But yeah, hey Garrett, people don't remember the little good pitches you made, and people don't remember. Right? He said something like. Oh, yeah, that pitch to Verdugo was the worst pitch of the sequence. No kidding. It left the park. It put three runs on the board to tie the game. No kidding. What are you talking about, bro? That was the worst pitch of the sequence. You don't have to tell us that. We know. Yeah, middle, middle, fastball. You know, Verdugo is going to catch that. Yeah, and he's going to try to round and, you know, think that he did something in Yankee Stadium on the last place Red Sox clown. But Garrett gave him the opportunity to be a clown like that. We we know we know that that was the worst pitch of the at bat. And the one the one ball that he was arguing about wasn't even. It that wasn't close. a strike. No, that's what um. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. He was going out sad, bro. He was looking weak. It's like your night was done anyway. You're at 103 pitches. The game was tied. We got a brand new game here. Your night was done. So I guess you felt like barking at Brian. Like he said something like. Like, like uh, come the F on, Brian, or something like that. 
And he, he rang him up like, yo, bro, shut up. I'm, I'm behind the plate watching you pitch all night. You mad because you gave it up this inning? Don't be mad at me. Be mad at yourself. Go shower up, son. Um, all right, one, one last thing I want to ask you. Um, so what, how'd you uh, end up at the, working at the tan, going from Ocean to Mammoth to here? What's your, what's your story? Um, so down there where you live, where I grew up, uh, I don't know, I played football. I was able to get a scholarship to James Madison University. I went there, and, and I was undeclared. Um, and then when I did find a major, I started doing communication PR. I didn't really like PR there. And then when I tried to tap into their, like, arts and media and sports broadcasting stuff, I, it was just – it was not it. It was down in Virginia in, like, 2007. So uh, I wasn't feeling that. And I was third-string quarterback, buried on the depth chart. And uh, the kid in front of me – his dad had played at the school. Like, he was next in line to be the guy. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I'm like, I don't like what I'm here for. I'm a student athlete. I don't like anything about this. It was cool. The only thing I liked about it was 70% girls at the school. It was a beautiful campus. I had a great time with, with the parties and stuff. But I knew I had to get serious. So I transferred out, and I transferred back home to Long Branch, West Long Branch, Monmouth University, where I knew they had a radio station on campus. I knew they had Hawk TV and WMCX on campus where you could get reps and you could practice, and then you're also an hour away from New York City where you can make contacts and, you know, maybe get a job. And uh, I was on the radio one summer, three hours a day, Monday through Friday. I also hosted, like, a little music video show on Hawk TV, and, uh, you know, that got me nowhere. I graduated. I didn't get any type of gig or any type of job. I, I hustled. I DJed. I, I did what I had to do to survive. I started working at Guitar Center. Then I got in the MLB Fan Cave. I quit Guitar Center. Uh, after the fan cave, I got a job at MTV2 doing social media. Then I got a job at Fubo TV doing social media. Then I went to Rock Nation doing social media, digital marketing. And by that time, I had enough experience with social media where I was like, oh, I can build my own following, my own brand online in the sports world. I quit that job and just started doing like vlogs and videos and podcasts and creating content around the Yankees, the Nets, football. And uh, I started working with John Boy. I did two years at John Boy Media, really, like, through the pandemic. Like, the pandemic hit uh, right when I became full-time. Like, I remember March, they canceled the NBA, and I became a full-time employee at John Boy Media the same week. Uh, two years go by there, and uh, it's August of 2021. And they were on Moose and Maggie, I think, August 6th. And then there was tryouts going on here that whole month last summer, and I got a tryout. And I tried out on August 25th. I didn't, I didn't think much of it. I didn't really know if I would make it or be in the fold. or I, I didn't know. I had no idea. I just was uh, honored to get the opportunity to speak on this mic. And uh, I guess some people were, you know, thinking higher of me than I was thinking of myself. And uh, a couple months went by, and I was offered the nighttime gig, and the rest is history. That's great, man. We'll grind. Oh, all that work paid off. All yeah, right, it took a time. long time. Took time. took eleven years to graduate with a radio TV degree. Eleven years to get on radio and TV. All right, man. Good night. Thanks for the call, Kevin. Yeah, my condensed life story. If you didn't know, I'm just a lucky fan, blessed Yankee fan, uh, someone that just you know went towards what they were into. I'm from Jersey, from the Shore area, and when I got a job in the city. I remember like I, all my jobs in the city. The biggest thing for me was that I had a job in the city where I was closer to Yankee Stadium. I didn't have to go all the way from the Jersey Shore to Yankee Stadium. I'm going to work. And I'm going to the game after. And I'll take the bus home and I'll be tired or whatever. But it was a quick train ride from uh, Times Square to Yankee Stadium for me. And I, I love that. And I just kept going to the game, going to the game, going to the game, going to the game, meeting people, meeting people. Oh, you're sitting in 203. Oh, you meet all the creatures. You meet the bleacher creatures. And then you start running with the creatures every game. And, and meeting up before the game and meeting up during the game and after the game and season by season went on. And, yeah, I don't know. It all happened really fast. What's up, Mike in Astoria? You got it. You're on the fan. Hey, cool Keith. How's it going, my brother? All good. Hanging out Friday night into Saturday morning. This is the last show I got, last time I got on air until Monday. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I had the pleasure to meet you tonight at La Bodega. And uh, you were nice to take a picture with me, man. Oh, I yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you saying what's up, man. It, it's always yeah, cool. Yeah, no doubt, man. I didn't even know you were there, but, you know, Mr. Good, because I'm, I'm always chilling. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nah, in the no cut. No doubt, bro. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You were chilling, no doubt, for real. Um, I just want to say that it was a great win tonight. 
Um, I was expecting better pitching from Cole, but I don't know what's going on with him. Like, he just keeps... No uh, one can know. We can never know. We're we're unsure. It's a question mark every time. Right. Keeps hitting these bumps, and but, you know, he'll be there and he'll be fine. You know what I mean? I think he'll be all right. That's what we got to say. That's uh, what we got to believe. He'll be fine. He'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be all right. He'll get it up. Hope, you know hope, what I mean? Week. Yep, I hope. And the the rest of the bullpen is pitching really good. And, you know, uh, Chapman, I don't know if I would keep him or just get rid of him. But for now, he'll still be a good option to go get one hitter or see what he has and then take him out after, you know? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know, this week, and there, it, it, it occurred to me, man, this is it. This is the last stretch, like. After this little homestand, they go to Toronto for three. They come back home for three against the uh, Orioles, and then that's it, yo. Texas, they go to Texas for those four games. Like, this is about to be a wrap soon. That Texas that Texas should be a nice little warm-up. So when they play the uh, Ast- Astros, <laughs> they'll have be a little Texas uh, heat in them to get reacclimated to Texas. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, good so call. That's a good they thing. got a trip to Texas, and uh, hopefully they'll be making a trip to Texas for the ALCS. That's it, my brother. Yo, man, it was a pleasure, and thank you. And, uh, yo, easy and one. Go Yankees. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you for the support. Real one. It's cool, man. It's cool when uh, you bump into people. Mike showed me his phone. He has the Odyssey app, listens to my show, you know, after. And when you're on late, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, man, like, I I can barely catch your show. I only catch you for a little bit. I'm like, go to sleep. Get your rest. All this stuff is on podcasts. All this stuff is on the app. You don't have to listen to it live. You can wake up in the morning and listen to it on your own time. I appreciate the support. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a ton. Hartford, Connecticut is on the fan. It's Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Keith, what's going on? Hanging out, you know, talking the talk, bringing it home. All right. I got a couple things. I was at the game tonight. I was in 105, and I got to be honest, just, the crowd, I mean, listen, we got two guys on. We got no outs. Everybody's sitting there like they're going to the bathroom. They're getting drinks. Nobody's nobody's up for the team. Everybody's going after Judge for the home runs. I get it, but you're a bleacher creature. You're the guy. I mean, what can you guys do for us? We, I mean, the thing is we try, but there's we're outnumbered. There's way more casuals in there right now than ever. I, like, there it, are. It's, it's so odd. It's like... You know, even the other night when he hit a double, he hit a ground rule double, and people, oh, I'm like, oh, did it go foul? And they're like, no, it just wasn't a home run. I'm like, what? Are, what are we watching? Are we all watching the same game? This guy's going for the triple crown. He, it doesn't have to be a home run every time. He's gonna naturally it get it. It's not a. It's not a. It's not all about him. I mean, I mean, we got to. Thank game you. Here. It is That's not bigger, all about him. Picture. So there are some fans that are coming to the game, and it is all about him. I ran into T.J. Warren, uh, new Brooklyn Net, who's in town. Probably just seeing the sights. And when I ran into him, I said, are you a Yankees fan? And he said, no, I'm here to see Judge. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Everybody else, it's the same thing. And I'm looking around, everybody around me, I'm like, I can't even get a high five from the guy behind me or in front of me. And it's like, I'm depressed. Because these people's minds are consumed with getting a video of Aaron Judge's at bat and getting the ball. There's a lot of people in there thinking they're going to get Charlie's golden ticket. And it's not going to happen like that. Exactly. So I got another thing for you, too, but while we got it. So I, I want to get your opinion on guys like Bader and Cabrera and what their options are when, you know, Ben Intendi comes back or whoever it is. Because in my opinion, I mean, we've seen this in the past. It's been, it's, it's been every year where we have these injuries, we bring up these young guys, and we, we, we hit these little streaks of these wins, right? And then we get rid of them, we, we send them away, whatever we've got to do, right? So, and we bring up the big guys. And the chemistry, it's lost. And I, I just, I, I would be kicking myself if I didn't say, like, let's keep these guys around. I understand these other guys are big guys, but, I mean, this is, it's working. We got to keep it. We got to keep the chemistry. You, got, you, have to, you have to give them a shot. Uh, Oswaldo is the only one. And what I'll say about Oswaldo is he's got a flair for the dramatic. He looks like he belongs. And he plays multiple positions. Where is Oswaldo? He's in right. He's in left. He's at first. He played first in Milwaukee. He's played second, shortstop, third, I believe. Like, this guy's played everywhere except catcher, center field, and pitcher on this team. And he's a rookie. These are his first games. And, like, he hit a grand slam the other night when everybody's thinking about Aaron Judge. 
This young man rises to the occasion and rocks the place first and kind of lets everybody breathe. So um, I would love to see him get an opportunity in October. Like I said, he looks like he belongs. But if Benintendi comes back, you trade it for Benintendi. Benintendi goes into left field, and he goes to the bench. Well, we'll see. Well, I appreciate talking to you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Jeff. We want Benintendi to come back. You know why? Because they traded prospects away for Benintendi, and Benintendi might not be re-signing next year, so you got to get what you can get out of this rental this year. And what did they get out of him? They got a month out of him? It sucks, but it is what it is. You you really hope that his hamate bone, which he already had issues with, heals up and he's able to pick up that bat in the next two weeks and he is ready. And, the, and you hope that the Yankees press that button and you see that postseason roster and it has Benintendi's name on it. And you see that lineup and you're like, here we go. As great as Oswaldo Cabrera has been, he is a rookie. You want to go with experience in October. It is not like right now. What we're seeing in Yankee Stadium feels like postseason, feels like October baseball. It is not October baseball. It is all eyes on Aaron Judge and people with their own interests trying to get their videos or get the home run ball. And it feels like that energy, postseason energy. But postseason energy, people are hanging on the results of all the New York Yankees, right? There are some people that aren't really concerned about what the rest of the Yankees do. I care about what the pinstripes do. The whole lineup, every pitcher on the mound, I care about what the whole team does. I care about Aaron Judge, too. But imagine if the Yankees were losing these games this week and he wasn't doing it. It'd be a complete different feel. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Jigga, Jay-Z, Sean Carter, Keith McPherson on the fan, checking back in. How you doing out there? Late Friday into Saturday morning. It's been a great week. It's always a great week, you know. Um, We're going into another Saturday of college football and then Sunday of NFL. And uh, our first place Mets and our first place Yankees looking to claim their divisions. And it, it could be happening soon. Uh, for the Yankees, the magic number is four. I'm not sure what the magic number is for the Mets, but we all know it's Mets and Braves. We all know how close that race is and how cl- close it's, it has been. But I feel like with the Braves having their worst stretch of baseball right here, it's lining up for the Mets to be all right. Knock on wood and all that, but a two-and-a-half game lead right now with the Oakland A's Right, You just took the first game from them. Chris Bassett, back in his old stomping grounds. Chris Bassett, who you traded for from the A's, going to get a postseason start. He goes and holds it down. And uh, Eduardo Escobar, Grand Slam, they you know they beat them 9-2 like they should. Like they're supposed to hold it down. And if they sweep the A's and then they take two from the Marlins, there is a good chance that they go into that Brave series like it doesn't matter. Or they go into that Brave series like you'd have to sweep us and uh, I don't think they're going to get swept by the Braves. So, LGM, let's go Mets. Mets fans for Yankees, Yanks fans for Metsies, all that good stuff. Mad Max is on the line from Limbrook. What's up, Mad Max? Keith, how are you, sir? I'll keep it short and sweet. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, even before you told the story just now of all the hard work you put in, hey, listen, you're doing a wonderful job. We all love you. Smooth was great. But, you know, you're doing great as well, so never worry that you're, you're not filling big shoes because you're going to set your own great legacy. Steve you already man, are to yeah. me, the I... Ric Flair, the GOAT of radio. Woo! So anyway, as a Met fan, sir, I listen, I'm 40 years old. I don't count 1986. I was too young to remember. I'm just saying, with uh, this new hierarchy in place, I don't expect the Mets to win the World Series. Can we? Sure. I'd also like to win 100 games for the first time since 1988 when I was six. But even if we don't win the World Series, as long as we have Cohen in place willing to put money into the product like Steinbrenner did, which I never begrudged, it's, it, you got to spend money to make money and care about your business, uh, we're going to be in the mix for a long time. The same goes, I'm a diehard Phoenix Suns fan since 91. Thank God we're getting rid of Sarver. Mm. I'll tell you how that relates to the Nets in a minute. You're a Nets fan. I respect that. Listen, as a Suns fan, I hated Sarver. He was a worthless sack of feces. 
long before we found out he was a misogynistic piece of garbage. That's just the cherry on top and bonus to my hate Sunday. Mm -hmm. But even now with the Phoenix Suns, we will be relevant for a long time with our core in place. Now with the Nets, did I want Kevin Durant? Yes, because he's Kevin Durant. But also, I didn't want to gut the team and give up Mikel Bridges, who's so young and has so much upside. And you mentioned T.J. Warren, sir. Good luck. He was useless as a son, was never healthy, just like Pennington was never healthy on the Jets, <laughs> just like DiPietro was never healthy on, uh, on my Islanders, and Darno, who was never healthy as a Met, all of a sudden is healthy and wins the World Series with the Braves, sir. It'll feel good. It'll feel good to just stick it to the Braves because I remember the 90s, the House of Horrors, that Turner Field was other than 2006, and 1999 was not Kenny Rogers' fault. It was Armando Benitez and useless Johnny Heart Attack Franco who blew two one-run separate one-run uh, one leads late after the Piazza home run in the seventh, which is my second favorite, uh, second ever favorite Piazza home run after the home run on 921. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a little mentally unstable due to my four teams, but there is hope as a Met fan. Now the Yankees, sir. The Yankees went to the playoffs from 95 to 07. That's 13 years straight, which is amazing and impossible to do. The Mets have only been to the playoffs 10 years total in their entire 60-year history. So I am just happy that I actually get to see postseason baseball. Like, yeah. I am just – I'm thrilled, sir. And before I go, sir, just, just know that you're doing a great job. We all love you, Keith. You keep up the great work. You're doing fine. And uh, if I could right now, I'd get out of the car and do the Ric Flair strut just for you, sir. God bless. <laughs> Thanks. The kiss stealing, wheeling, and dealing. Woo! <laughs> Having a hard time holding these alligators down. <laughs> I appreciate the support. Thanks for the call. That was so rangy, I don't know what to talk about. Uh, the Suns, that's another thing. Like, some of these stories, man, some of these stories that come out about these guys in high-power position, positions in sports, it's just despicable, and it, it makes you feel bad. Like, what goes on with these guys? Like, you know, Sarver was misogynistic. They said he used the N-word, but, like, not at people, but, like, anytime he could, like, recite it, like, <laughs> saying what someone else said and use it, like, he was getting away with using it. I laugh, but I, it, that's wrong. That's wrong. You know, and the way that his culture, you know, was there, that he established, the way he treated people, like, I guess kind of like a Dan Snyder thing. Whatever happened with Dan Snyder? He's kind of fallen into the background. He's got enough money to be able to fight all that. They should have tried to get him up out of there. They're getting Sarver out of there, and Sarver didn't even apologize. He he blamed cancel culture. He said he, he blamed the climate we're in, the unforgiving climate we're in. People can't make mistakes. Uh, people can make mistakes, but you can't consistently be, you know, a name that we can't say on the radio to people, and uh, after a while, you know, people build up a case against you. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. But, yeah, Mets fans, man. This is the year, and I feel like this is the year, and you all should, this is the year of getting into the postseason, winning the division, to start setting the precedent for years to come, right? You do it one year, and you're expecting to do it again, and do it again, and then the standard is raised, and the culture changes, the culture shifts. The Mets had a culture of losing. The Mets had a culture of coming up short, of disaster, of LOL Mets, of what's the next thing to happen for people to laugh at? What's the next ridiculous story that we're going to read about the New York Mets? That was it for years. And then they had some good years, right? Obviously the 80s, but then, you know, 2007, uh, 2015, little years here and there. But they were like random years. They weren't consistent uh, like decades or eras. The, the Make It Happen Mets, the Steve Cohen Mets are in an era, which now I think as long as Steve Cohen exists as the owner, the culture is going to be, hey, we're in New York, big market. We're going to have a big market team. We're going to spend. We're going to bring the guys in. Look at this team. I saw a salty Braves fan say something about, oh, yeah, Buck Showalter, manager of the year, uh, highest payroll in baseball. Look what he did with the highest payroll in baseball. Of course, like, you know, kind of trying to, like, downplay that Buck is a good manager and that this team did do it. But I said it on MLB Network today. They're like, what is, what is one of the biggest stories of the year that people aren't talking about? I'm like, I said it all year. If it wasn't the Mets, imagine if this was the Cubs or the Diamondbacks, or the Royals, right? With this complete 180 in culture and winning this much and and honestly being a favorite for the World Series, beating the Dodgers in the regular season series. Like, if it wasn't Mets across their chest, more people would be talking about it. And they are talking about it, but they're not talking about it in the light that the Mets should be getting. They actually anted up. They went and got Max Scherzer. DeGrom came back healthy. 
They made the moves and multiple moves, right? Before the lockout, it took guts for Steve Cohen and Billy Epler. He hired Billy Epler, and they got to work. They hired Buck, and they went after guys. They went after the top guys. They got Scherzer. They got Marte. They got Canna. They got Escobar. They made a trade for Bassett. You can never have too much pitching. Oh, they got the one-two punch of Max Scherzer and DeGrom. Yeah, but those guys aren't always available. Go get a Chris Bassett. He's been great this year. He's had some off moments, but overall, he's been solid. They made the moves to add to Francisco Lindor and to add to Nimmo and Alonzo and the guys that were already there. They made moves at the deadline. People didn't necessarily like all of the moves or feel satisfied with the moves, but they made moves, and it's Billy Epler's first year. He wasn't going to give away the whole farm. He made enough moves to shore up the team, and I think the team can make a run in this postseason. Uh, looking at... You know, the little thing that they put on MLB with, like, the bracket. And, like, if the postseason started today, the Mets would be the two seed. And they'd play the winner of San Diego and St. Louis. That's what you want. That's what you want. That's what you want. You don't want to be a wild card team and, uh, you know, have to fight. And, no, you don't want to be a wild card team. All energy should be focused on winning the division. And I think they can. I think they can. Down in Asbury Park, that's also where I'm from. What's up, Dwight? You're on the fan. Uh, yeah, hey. How long is your boy, um, that, oh, that left tackle Tyron Smith going to be out? Because they're going to need him. The to whole come year. Need him Monday night. The whole year he's out. Okay, so check this. Tyler Smith, the rookie they drafted, he actually had a pretty good week last week at left tackle. They practiced him all preseason at guard thinking that Tyron Smith would be the guy. I don't know why they thought that because he's hurt every year. He's out the whole year. They also signed Jason Peters. Now, Jason Peters is a all-pro monster. He's just old. He's 40, and uh, I think he played for the Bears last year, and now he's starting to get ready. He did some full reps at practice. He, you know, They said he, he, he tried a few different positions. The idea was that he would replace Tyron, Tyron Smith, but now that Tyler Smith, the rookie, has looked good, at left tackle, they're like, okay, maybe we can use him at right tackle. And that offensive line is going to get better, um, and hopefully it gets better in the next, like, three to four weeks that I think it's going to take for Dak to come back, and then the Cowboys will be all right. Yeah, because they're going to need because Cooper Rush, he's a, a statue. He don't like to move around him he, a he, lot. He really can't. He really, he's not, you know, he's not that kind of guy. And he's, he's also, he's a game manager. He's not a game breaker. He's going to throw, you know, He's going to make a couple reads. He's going to throw it underneath routes, uh, throw the little quick games, hand the ball off. Hey, that ca- that catch by Pickens, which one you think was – you said you think you still feeling Odell over him? Odell wins because it was a touchdown. But when you look at that George Pickens catch, like how this kid – man, he, he is a freak athlete. Some of the things that we've seen him do – like, the way that he, like, leaned back and he snagged that with one hand on the sideline. First off, the route was sick. And then he's falling out, like, he's falling almost out of ba- bounds. He's reaches his out of bounds. I saw it. It was crazy. I didn't see it live, but they have an angle of it that's floating around on the internet. If you just search George Pickens, it's a better catch than Odell. Odell's catch was a deeper ball, and Odell's catch was, like, faster with a guy hanging off him in the end zone. But it was still, like, a... I don't know. It was almost like Odell reached up like he was getting like a, a, a rebound. This kid reached back and out and snagged that. Both were good. Both yeah. were good. Both I were saw good. a story on Twitter. Odell said that he he wanted he want to make a comeback come back for the Giants. Y'all got rid of Daniel Jones. You bite or you just keep it <laughs> I moving. I saw that too. They they that's you know, people start rumors, man. And and I just watched Ben Simmons on the Old Man in the Three podcast with JJ Reddick. And Ben Simmons was talking about like how he didn't have the time to fight all the ru- rumors. He's like, that's why I hate Twitter. People can write anything and run with it. He's like, I never left the group chat. I didn't have my cell phone at practice. People just say things and they believe it because it's written on Twitter. I don't believe Odell Beckham Jr. would say anything about Daniel Jones. I don't think Odell Beckham, he wouldn't say anything negative about the Giants if he's actually trying to get back on the Giants, right? I don't think the Giants are in a position to pay him, right? They are paying Kenny Galladay a lot of money. Hopefully they get some some worth out of him soon and they figure that situation out because he's not going anywhere. But I don't think that they're going to bring Odell in. I think that's something of the past. Odell has been doing his little recruiting visits, 
You know, he's been on the sideline in L.A. He's been in the sideline in, in New Orleans. Uh, maybe he'll find his way to the sideline in MetLife. He's trying to get on a team. Somebody's going to sign him. He was campaigning to be on the Bills, too. All right, man. I'll do it you Monday. <laughs> yes, sir. Thanks for the call, Dwight. Dark City, Asbury Park, down by the beach, boy. Tom's River, a little further down the beach. What's up, Andrew? Hey, Keith, man. I just got to ask a question, straight up and simple. Is 61 better than 73? Because I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm 31. I watched Bonds do it. I watched McGuire even when he broke it. My thing is, I feel like in the New York era, they're just making too much of a big deal on this 61 more yeah. than that 73 number. They're gassing it, man. They're, they're overhyping it, and it's starting to get weird. Uh, we'll see what it's like. But is 61 better than 73? Yes. That 73 was awesome to watch. It was a ridiculous show of just like a, a hitter out of his mind. We'll never see anything like that again. But the asterisk is on it. Uh, Barry Bonds' record is as real as his Hall of Fame plaque. It's non-existent. The real yeah. record is going to be whatever Aaron Judge ends up with at the end of the season. And I just think that Yankees fans are so hype. We do so much. You know, and this is New York, right? Everybody in there yeah. is not a diehard Yankees fan. There are New Yorkers that are coming to see history. There's people coming from out of town to see history. There's people that don't, don't even care about the Yankees, but they want to say they saw history, and they're making it a weird vibe every time this guy comes to the plate. So uh, he might not do it here. It might happen in Toronto, and if that if that happens, I'll be perfectly fine with it. I just feel like they throw just way too much pressure on Judge, and I and, and he responds well to pressure. He's, have a he, crown he's exactly he's unfazed, right? He he's holding down the triple crown. He's gonna get the record. Uh, he's locked in. He's focused. But what I love is the the rest of the team around him has kind of taken some of the pressure off of him. Like Judge was carrying the team. He ain't been carrying the team this week. You know what I'm saying? Like Judge was winning games for the Yankees. Right now, with all this pressure on him, other guys are stepping up to win the game, and I, I love to see that. That's what we're going to need in October. I do, and again, I'm a Mets fan. I'm not a Yankee, but I, I, I don't hate him. I don't hate on it. I just I feel that they're just putting too much on the guy, and he's been doing everything for them, and they need to maybe just back off just a little bit. Give the guys Saturday vibes coming up. Crowd, man. It's going to be a little more relaxed. Like 12 hours from now, the stadium would be a little different. More kids in there that, you know, the ki kids are there just for the ice cream and cotton candy and, you know, nachos. They don't really know all that. So there'll be, you know, kids in those seats that aren't standing up and being weird and filming and holding their breath. So maybe it happens coming up soon. Yeah, and I saw the 700 tonight, and I love to see the 61. And thank you, Keith. You're the best, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Andrew. That'd be cool, right? Maybe maybe the baseball gods have it set up that way. Maybe the, the baseball gods wanted Pujols to get his milestone, and he got two in one day to knock that off, 699, 700. Maybe it'll happen for Judge on a Saturday in the Bronx. What's the weather going to be like tomorrow? It was cold out there tonight. It was cold, yo. Uh, like, <laughs> people were definitely underdressed and rocking. I saw this girl. I saw this young girl in Legends. And I'm a grown man, so it's like, I know, like, I'm not trying to talk to these young girls. But this girl was in Legends with this short, short skirt on. The skirt was, like, not even a foot long, a white skirt. And she had this, like, blue T-shirt on. And I said to her, I'm like, yo, it is way too cold for that fit. I feel like I'm, I'm being, like, a dad. I'm like, you're going to get sick. Are you crazy? I'm like, did you? I guess she had that outfit picked out earlier in the week when it was 87. But it's freezing out here. It's not freezing. But when you first feel that 50 degrees and you haven't heard, like, that's what I was telling people. I'm like, we're all New Yorkers. We're all from this area. We're used to the weather here. But it's been a while since you sat outside in 50-degree temperatures. Now you're really cold. And some people were trying to fight it. Some people were trying to act like they weren't. But other, you know, other people were pre prepared. I had my jacket, hoodie. I was good. Saw a lot of people breaking out the jackets, hoodies. My boy Sean said, he was like, yeah, I looked at my Yankees jacket, and I was like, nah, I'm doing too much. I'm doing too much breaking the jacket out. No, you're not. It's time for the jacket. Dress like it's October baseball. It's on the way. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Yankees baseball is on the fan. Swing on, there it goes. Deep right, it is high. It is far. It is gone. The home of the New York Yankees is WFAN. It couldn't have come at a better time. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. A go, shorty. It's your birthday. We gonna party like it's your birthday. You know we don't give a about your birthday. <laughs> Harrison Bader's walk-up song is 50 Cent Candy Shop. It, it sets an interesting vibe in the stadium. <laughs> you see some girls rocking to it. You see some dudes rocking to it. You see some people looking around like, so seductive. I'll take you to the candy shop. <laughs> Maybe there's some type of meaning behind it. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that was Bader's song when he was a kid playing baseball in Bronxville. Keith McPherson on the fan, about to wrap things up. C-Mac is next. Keep it locked right here on the fan. I'm sure C-Mac is going to talk to you about the Yanks, about the Mets, about baseball, about Judge's quest for 61 and 62. Pool host getting to 699 and 700 in the same night. The postseason, all that good stuff. Let's take these last three calls and wrap this show up. I think it's interesting this week. You got to see Nestor Cortez. Then you got to see Luis Severino. Then you got to see Jamison Tyone. And then you got to see Garrett Cole. Who had the best start out of those four? Who had the worst start out of those four? Domingo Herman coming up in a few hours. Paul is in the Bronx. Go for it, Paul. You got it. How you doing, Keith? Uh, first time calling you, man. So overnight worker here. I just want to say I appreciate you, man. You're the first voice I hear when I wake up. You got a great energy, man. I'm not going to lie. You grew on me pretty quick on the fan. So been listening to you since day one. Appreciate um, it, bro. I'm here for you. I, I literally yeah. think about it. I'm I'm at work. So I think about all the people that are wor- at work, you know, working much harder than me, you know. So if I'm entertaining you and helping you get through your shift, like that's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, Knicks fan, so at first, you know, it's a lot with the Nets, but, you know, <laughs> I appreciate it anyway. It's tough to hear when your team's in the doldrums, you know. You know, I'm not going to lie, man. I listened to New York radio for years as a Nets fan, and I remember telling Evan, I had Evan on my Nets podcast way before I thought I'd be on WFAN, and I'm like, Evan, you're our only voice, man. We always hear everything through the Knicks fan lens. I'm like, if I ever got on the radio, I'm going hard for the Nets because nobody else will. Even Evan, Evan half steps with the Nets stuff. He doesn't believe the Nets are going to win. Uh, it's tough, but uh, I wanted to say, as a Yankees fan, and you're not being able to watch all the games, you check that box score. Every time I see Cole on the mound, I'm hoping to open up that box score and see seven innings, 10 Ks, zero, one earned run. I never see it. It's so rare that I just, we need that ace in the playoffs and we're not getting that. Like, I see Nestor Cortez, five, six innings, one earned run. Like, he's been killing it all year, but he's not going seven, eight, nine at all. You know, you might see it every now and then, but we need somebody to step up for us in these playoffs. And I don't know if, if he's going to be that guy. I just, just, what do you think about that? And you no. think he's going to turn around the playoffs for us? I, and before I took your call, I said we got to see Nestor Cortez pitch, who I think that's his third start back from being off the IL. And he's a guy, this is the most innings he's pitched in any season by far. And he's a guy that was like, what? A, like, when was he drafted? You know, they always talk about uh, in 2013, he was drafted in the 36th round. So I don't expect Nestor Cortez to be an ace. I love that Nestor Cortez was an all-star and looked like an ace this year because it's like one of those stories from nothing to something, a regular guy that turns into a beast. Power and pinstripes, right? Yeah, so you he's saw got the Nestor. New York swagger, and he, he kills it. Yeah, 305, the Hialeah kid. And then uh, Nestor goes, and then Seve goes, and Seve comes back from the 60-day IL, and he's sharp. And, and he starts to make you feel like, yeah, that's Sevy that we're waiting on. Sevy's back. Sevy's going to be ready to go. He's going to be able to compete. And then even J-Mo. J-Mo is like, hey, 
Don't forget about me when you're thinking about who's going to start in the postseason. I'm I'm right here. And and he had a bunch of strikeouts, and he held it down. And then and the ball goes. these guys weren't supposed to be that good. Right. The, exactly. These guys aren't making combined close to what Cole makes. And then the ball goes to Garrett Cole, who's supposed to be your ace, who's paid like he's your ace, and he takes you on a ride. And it's not just a ride of giving up home runs tonight. It was an emotional ride of getting ejected for the first time ever in his career and in a weak ejection. You were done. So you getting ejected, it wasn't like you were coming out to pitch again. You were cooked. You were done. You gave it up, and you looked like a baby. You looked like you were crying. You looked like you were whining. Um, Come on, Brian. And Brian threw you right out of the game like, yo, young man, don't yell at me. Get your stuff together. And he's got to get it together now in the next three weeks. Yeah, I'm a pretty positive guy. Like, I'm not a negative sports fan, but, like, every day when you expect something out of somebody. It's like, not it's, negative, it's, man. If I, came, if I came up here and I had to do a show every night and every other night, you know, let's say I came, let's say I went to the stadium, came here drunk and couldn't do the show and the show <laughs> sucked and I just was up here like, uh, bidip, 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 bidip. Someone would yeah, have a gotta, problem with that. And I would it. hear about it. My performance wasn't where it was supposed to be. This is a job. You get paid to do a job. He gets paid $36 million a year to go out there and not give up runs and not to lead the league in home runs. He leads the American League in home runs. 100%. Keith, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. I got to go into work right now. Keep it up, man. It was the first time calling you. I'm going to keep calling, all right? Appreciate it, bro. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Grace in Brooklyn. Welcome back, Grace. How you feeling? <laughs> I'm feeling good. Because <laughs> the Yankees won five in a row? Oh, I'm happy, man. This is what I meant when I said the Vines are alive. Yeah, you were right. You were right. You said Judge is, you know, now your analogy's starting to look a little bit better, especially, right, because all of this pressure is on Judge, the, the base of the plant, the root, I forget how you put it. But mm-hmm. the rest of the Vines, mm-hmm. the Oswaldos, the Glabers, the Josh mm-hmm. Donaldsons, the IKFs, mm-hmm. Stanton, mm-hmm. Trevino, mm-hmm. they're holding it down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Got to keep it going for another month. Let me tell you, man, listen. I hear people, you remember when I said um, that Judge was the Michael Jackson of sports? <laughs> Now you see it? Now I see it. I'm, okay. I'm in there. Everybody's I, I got their camera out. A, a new right. weird thing started I, this week. Yes. Judge comes up and people are putting lights up like it's a concert. I'm telling you. And it just started because it's not done. I'm like, what is that? It's the oddest thing because I've, I've been to 40 games this year. And I usually do 40 games a year. And I, mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like this in Yankee Stadium. I'm well, like, the, man, these I people thought, are I, putting their flashlights up mm-hmm. like he's about to sing. You know what? They felt it. And when, when other people on the outside saying, oh, they don't know what this is, they felt it, even the kids. Because this is one of the reasons why I was telling you with, with that little kid in Toronto when he was crying when he got yes, the ball. Yes, yes. And then to know that every little kid, just they just follow him. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, they look at Judge. He is a superhero. He, he is, is a He super is the hero. Michael Jackson of baseball. He's the face Man, of baseball. I'm he is the biggest you. attraction. And it just started, and the the players they kind of it, it, it they kind of getting used to it now because this is how it's gonna be. I, I told you they're gonna go to the World Series. There's no question. There is a question because Garrett Cole's <laughs> got to pitch game one of every series. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> when it's time, Garrett Cole will step up or whatever mistake he makes. No, nah, they will make up for him. him. They bail him out. I've watched them bail him out all year. I, it's I've just, okay. You know, okay. you're right. You're right. We're gonna get into a postseason game. And if it's at Yankee Stadium, he's going to give up an early home run. The fans are going to get uneasy, but there's 27 outs. They're going to pick him up. And Every they're going to pick him up. Every going to be in sync. I'm telling you, there's nothing to worry about. And when people are talking about this hype, there's no hype. There's no hype. This is reality. Remember, this was done when um, Babe Ruth was the first one to make 60 home runs. Yeah. Where yeah. Babe Ruth make the home runs? No, nah, this is all destiny. Yep. And a Yank, another mean? Yankee is doing it. I don't exactly. think it would have happened any other way, any other exactly. team. It's Who the ghost in Yankee follow? Stadium. It's Who the work that Aaron Judge has put in. It's the time that Aaron Judge has put in. It's the fact that he bet on himself in this year after the lockout. Everything's lined up. It, it is historic. It is amazing. Thank you for the call, Grace. The last call of the night goes to Alex in New Haven, Connecticut. You got it. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, listen, um, thanks for mentioning uh, 
Bader, his walk-up song, I'm always interested in the walk-up songs. It always fascinates me. And that candy shop is very meaningful song, very profound, you know. Um, <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> that first beat is like boom, dum, dun, dun, boom. So the stadium right. just feels that bass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I remember Greg Bird had uh, 20 Minutes by Lowe's Vert. That was a good one. I think um, Stanton needs to change his songs because he's still using um, Don't Play from Travis Scott, which is a 2014 song. And then his second song is No One Man Should Have All That Power. Kanye West from like 2009. Well, now that you mention it, Keith, um, in 2017 when Judge was Rookie of the Year, he hit 15 bombs in September. Um, remember he won the Home Run Derby, right? Yep. And then he went cold after that, and he was cold July and August. But in September, he picked it up. He had the same walk-up song the whole year. But Mo in Bamba, September, right? he, I guess, but he changed it to Butterfly Effect by Travis Scott. And then he, he, um, he went on a hot streak after that. And, I mean, I love that he has Pop Smoke. That's, like, such a New York thing. And Pop Smoke and A Boogie, A Boogie being from the Bronx, He's honored Pop Smoke's life and had the most ridiculous season walking up to the plate with I'm the king of New York, mellow. It's like such a hard like theme song when Judge comes up. It's so it's so swaggy to me. It's like I love it. I'm like, he should never change that song now. Yeah, I hear you. Well, listen, I went to a game in uh, 2017, uh, Yankee Red Sox, and um, Yankees got crushed. As good as they did that year, um, Red Sox did better. They won the division, and then of course the World Series the next year. Um, they had Mookie. I think Mookie Betts is up there with Judge in the top three players. I think Judge is number uh, the number one position player in the league. He is. He's the best player in the world. And Otani's pretty good. That's all I got, folks. At Keith McPherson, wherever you follow people at, I'll be back Tuesday. I don't think I'm on Monday, but I'll see y'all out there at MetLife Stadium. Dallas Cowboys versus the Giants. All my rowdy friends will be there for Monday night. Thanks for calling up. Thanks for showing love. Thanks for supporting. C-Mac is next. Keep it locked right here. You're listening to The Fan. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.